Dating somebody in the military can be kind of crazy. Dating someone in the military long distance can feel impossible at times. In this episode, I talk about my experiences with long distance and how we came out the other side. So let's just jump into it. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences that I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Call to Marriage. I am so excited for you to be joining me on this crazy journey we're on. So a little backstory. I met my fiance when I was in my senior year of college. He had just finished his training and he was literally about to go abroad overseas, like for a long time. We met, we were together for three weeks and then it was like, bye. And so in that three weeks, we learned that we liked each other a little bit more than friends and we wanted to give dating a shot and kind of went into it going, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If it's not, we had fun. End of story. So we did a year and a half overseas long distance dating, followed up with about a year, will be a year once we get married, of different state dating. And so uh, I'm in Georgia and he is in about a little ways away from me. And so kind of navigating that. And so I learned a couple things with that and in going from what I would consider a normal relationship to a military relationship. And then going from seeing somebody every single day to holy cow, I don't know when the next time I'm going to see you. So just starting with normal dating versus military dating, I kind of highlighted three things that I found were some of the biggest differences. So the first one is freedom of time. When you're dating somebody in the military, you are not on your own clock. You are on their branches clock, on their jobs clock, on whatever clock they need to be on at that time. So you don't really get to spend as much time as you would like with that person. Now, that's not to say that the time that you spend together is not special or not enough. It's never going to be enough. But there are ways to make that time feel as if you got everything that you wanted out of it. So did I get to see him every single day? No. Did we make the most out of the time that we did get to see each other? Yes. But freedom of time was definitely, definitely, definitely the biggest Thing that I noticed going from what I would consider quote unquote a normal relationship to dating somebody in the military. The second difference that I thought was really kind of big was being on the same page life-wise. So when you're dating somebody in the military, they have a set trajectory of where their career is going, set steps that you see they can follow. They're in for this many years and they get this promotion, they're in this many years, they're up for this kind of promotion, that's really set in stone for them. Whereas for me specifically, graduating, I got an engineering degree from the University of South Carolina. My career 
pathway wasn't necessarily set in stone, set in stone, so to speak. I kind of had to really figure a lot of stuff out. And so I feel like there's a big luxury when you're outside of the military of being able to figure it out and have that freedom to move and transition and do kind of what you want. In the military, it's a slightly bigger ordeal to try and move branches. So if you're in one, uh, not branch, so like one job, unit or job or whatever you want to call it, I'm still learning the names for things. And I promise by the end of this life of this podcast, I'll be an expert, but bear with me. But it's harder to move jobs, essentially. Whereas if I interviewed and I got one job and I didn't like it, I can just interview for another job. And while I'm competing for that job against a bunch of other people, I know that there's going to be tons of other opportunities for me there. So having that flexibility myself and then my significant other not having that same flexibility, it can be kind of difficult because you're trying to work around each other's schedules and times and and career pathways. And you really want to support them and their career pathway. And they really want to support you and your career pathway. And in the military, it's kind of hard to do that. Sometimes I feel like the significant other who's not in the military can sometimes feel like they have to sacrifice a lot. And it is true. You do kind of have to sacrifice a lot. But because you have that flexibility, you can work around it. And I know that the military does have a lot of awesome programs for spouses. So if that is something that you're concerned about, the military does offer services for that. But that's just one of the other main things that I found was there is really kind of a lack of flexibility in the military in terms of career, whereas outside the military, we do sort of have a better say about what we want to do and where we want to go with it. The third thing, and maybe it's a little silly, but there are so many dang acronyms that you have to know. And I will tell everybody straight up, I am so bad with memorizing acronyms. I had a hard time in college. Again, I I studied engineering and engineering has a ton of acronyms. But the military is like the mother of all acronyms. There is an acronym for basically anything you could think of. There is an acronym for it. And so when I'd be on the phone with my significant other talking about something, he just drops acronyms left and right. Like I'm supposed to know what those mean. And it could be kind of difficult because you feel a little lost. Like you don't really know what's going on. Whereas I think in a normal relationship, we don't use acronyms like when you're texting, you use LOL or BRB or TTYL. And like, those are known acronyms. Everybody knows what those acronyms mean. But in the military, it's something that he knows really, really well. And anyone outside of the military or who's never had experience in the military won't know. And even though my grandfather, you know, he was in the military, but he never used acronyms when I was growing up. He just said everything out. And so being in a conversation with and dating someone in the military, they're going to drop acronyms left and right. And you just kind of have to go, okay, I heard you say this last time. I kind of remember what it means. Is it this that you're talking about? And so that was sort of the, the next me. And that seems kind of silly, but I'm telling you, there are so many acronyms, so many acronyms that you just have to know. And it can feel kind of just ridiculous at times where you're just like, just tell me what you're talking about, please. But those were kind of the things that I I recognized from, you know, normal, whatever that means, to military dating was just those three things. Really, freedom of time, being on the same page life-wise, and just the acronyms. Always the acronyms. So apart from just the differences in dating, we also had 
long distance that tied into it. Like I said, we knew each other for three weeks. And then he was like, peace out, bye. I'm going on my, you know, abroad for my job and I won't see you again for probably like two years, which was awful. (laughs) But in that time, I think we both sort of developed a lot of tips for how to survive that long distance. And don't get me wrong, it was so difficult. It was so hard and it sucks. Long distance sucks. I am sure anybody who's gone through a deployment, it sucks. But we did learn some really awesome tips about how to better survive, for lack of a better word, a long distance period. And so I did want to share those because I think that it's important to know that just because it's long distance, it doesn't mean that it's forever. You know, there's a light at the end of that tunnel. So the tips that I learned from being long distance, I have four of them that I think really just kind of encapsulate everything that we experienced and felt and went through that I think are good to keep in mind if you're getting ready to go into a long distance, if you're in the middle of one, um, if you're not in one right now, if you're in that military life, you will be in one. I have yet to speak to anybody who hasn't gone through a period of long distance in the military. It's just kind of something you expect and accept as part of this journey as being a, a military spouse. And so the These are the things that I've come up with just from going through it. And so the first one is establish a time to call and talk. Sometimes you don't have the luxury of texting all the time. Um, We were battling a six-hour time difference, which doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, I'd be up at at 7 for class and it'd already be, you know, 1 o'clock his time. And so by the time I got out of class, you know, he'd be getting out of work. And then, you know, by the time I was ready to chat at the end of the night, he was already asleep. And so we had to establish a time where we were going to call each other. And so we used FaceTime because, thank goodness, technology is amazing because calling international would have been so expensive. So we used Wi-Fi. But we set up a time every day that we were going to call and talk to each other and just talk about our day, talk about what we were going through, how we were doing, um, that we missed each other, obviously. But setting up a time to just share with each other that was separate from our day and was just devoted to the two of us really helped. It really genuinely helped. Um, The second one is find workarounds for love languages. So my significant other and I both have a couple love languages that are hard to do long distance. So one of them is physical touch. So obviously if you're long distance, you can't hug that person. You can't give them a kiss good morning. You can't give them a kiss goodbye. You can't hold their hand. There are intimacies that you just don't get to have being long distance and when you're not visiting them. As well as one of my big um, love languages is quality time. And that's really difficult to do, which, again, was one of the reasons why we set up that designated time to call each other was because I was missing that quality time um, and service for one another. And and so being able to find workarounds. So my significant other, like, loves peanut butter chocolate chip cookies, loves them. Homie can just pop one every couple of minutes. Like, he lives for cookies. So I would bake him batches of peanut butter chocolate chip cookies and mail them to him where he was at least every couple months or so, like a big batch, like a box full of cookies. 
And that was a way that he knew that I was thinking of him and that I was, you know, sending my love to him. Also, words of affirmation, just reminding each other that we loved each other, reminding each other that we cared about the other person, we were thinking about the other person, whether, you know, that would be through a meme we found on Instagram and sending that to each other or nice texts. I would write him letters and cards and send those to him. And so just finding workarounds for those love languages, ways to remind each other of the love that you have for each other. It's hard when you don't get to see that person face to face, but just small things like like that, like even just a text message or a phone call really just make the difference and, and really kind of, I think, made it for us in that we were able to feel loved even if we weren't standing next to each other. And I will say that I was able to visit him and that genuinely helped. Um, sometimes, especially if they're deployed, you can't. Um, this wasn't a deployment. This was just he was stationed overseas. Um, so I was able, you know, with with um, saving up and doing all and working and everything like that to go and visit him. Um, but even then, I think I saw him maybe three, three times. Like I went every four months or something like that, which was honestly like thinking back at it like crazy. Like, holy cow, I did that for someone I – New for three weeks before he left. But anyways, <laughs> being able to see each other helped, but genuinely you're going to not see each other more than you will see them. So having those those love languages, knowing those love languages, and having those workarounds that you can pull out of your pocket really genuinely help. The third one is just understanding that there will be strains on the relationship, and this is normal. You will get annoyed with your significant other, you will get annoyed with your spouse and you will fight and you will get frustrated and you will get upset and you will get mad or you'll get annoyed and things will happen. It's a relationship. You know, those things happen. And so understanding that feeling strain and feeling pressure is normal. It's magnified when you're long distance because again, you're not there physically in person to, to hash it out and handle it and hug when it's over. But recognizing and knowing that you love each other, everything is okay, you will be okay at the end of it, and reminding each other that you do love each other, even though it's a little frustrating right now, helps. It, it makes a difference. Because there, there is no way to avoid strain in any relationship. You can have the most perfect relationship and, and still have a bad day, and that bad day flow into your relationship, which is to say, you know... When it is long distance, with the strains of everyday life, trying really hard not to let them flow into your relationship because, again, you're not there in person to handle it. So if you had a really bad day at work, trying not to flow that into your relationship, that emotion into your relationship will help as well. That was something that I had to work so, so hard on is because I would get so stressed out with school and studying and I would get frustrated if I did really poorly on a test and at first, I would just kept bringing that into the relationship. My Like, not the bad stuff. Like, obviously, I would tell him, like, I'm really frustrated. And this is what I'm stressed out about. But it was the attitude I was bringing into it. And I would be annoyed at something that happened in the day. And then he, he wouldn't respond fast enough. And I would get annoyed at him, which is ridiculous. So just knowing that there's going to be strains and this is normal and just reminding each other that you love each other and that everything is is okay and that you're okay is really important. And the final 
thing that I would suggest that really helps with long distance is reminding yourself that it ends and setting up reminders that it will end. So when we, in between the times when I would see him, I would, I had a big wall in my bedroom that I did never put art on because I'm lazy and I didn't want to take it down at the end of the year, but I stuck post-it notes as a countdown. And every day I would take a post-it note down. Every day I would remove one of those reminders of how far away it was till I got to see him next. And obviously, eventually, you get down to like 10 days, five days, four days, three days, two days, one day. It helps. It helps make the distance seem shorter. It helps the distance seem more manageable. I don't know if it's because of the power I got feeling just ripping that post-it off of just, yes, one more day down. But it genuinely helps. So whether it be post-it notes, I've seen some people do pebbles or marbles, removing like one pebble and putting it into a jar and it's like the sound of it clinking is like one less, you know, chink in that that chain of time. But just setting up reminders, you know, on your we have technology on our phone, like set an alarm, hey, you did it one more day less to go or you're one day closer. Setting up reminders that it will end just makes it so much more manageable and just so much more bearable. Genuinely it does. But I think that those tips really helped our relationship. It helped with my attitude of of the distance. It helped just prep me for, I think, deployment eventually. And and the fact that we are going to be long distance for a good chunk of of our marriage and just what that's going to look like. Setting those, getting that tool belt ready now, you know, before it happens or, or during it, just so you're prepared, I think makes it so much easier in the long run and just letting each other know that you love each other and that this is just, you know, one one piece of, of your relationship. It does not define the relationship. It's not the whole relationship. But I'm just so excited that this is starting. I've really just felt it in my heart that I think sometimes military spouses don't get the help that they need or the answers to the questions that they need. So welcome to the Call to Marriage family. I am so excited for this journey we are going on that is military spouse life, and I look forward to navigating it with y'all. So until next time, I'm signing off. See y'all later.